Thanks for helping us out. Oh, no problem at all. I seen you two stranded out there alone in the darkness. I said to myself, Cop what Jesus do. Gone down to Jordan, gonna give himself baptized, gonna give himself baptized in the bosom of the Lord. Have you boys accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Yeah, he's great. Cool guy. to my bleeding ears podcast this is episode number 110 we're we're in the middle of a pandemic everyone we're all gonna die it's happening no not all of us just about two percent so far uh stay the fuck inside and listen to podcasts and stuff don't go outside stop going outside we're in chicago the mayor just made a lot of pointing gestures and shut down the parks and then the governor came on and told everyone who's going out and fucking around that you're spitting in the face of all the healthcare workers out there, yeah. which is me, mm-hmm. I am a healthcare worker also, and this is serious shit. So stay the fuck inside. Please listen to the podcast if you want. Listen to other ones. There's billions of them. Stay inside. Yeah. Grubhub. Uber, Uber eats. eats. Whatever. Yeah. Postmates. There's no reason for you to go. There never was. Yeah. <laughs> reason for you to go outside in the last year. Tons of movies online for you to watch, too, and we're going to go through some of them that we've watched because we've been stuck inside for the for the, for the the most of this time. Last week I had off, this week I had to go to work, so yes, I have been working in a hospital. So. But they're taking everyone's temperature before yeah. you go into Before the I even walk into the yeah. hospital, they take my temperature. When I leave the hospital for the day, they take my temperature. Wow, okay. Yeah. Before, they, uh, it was just like a forehead one, and the other day it was one of those ear ones where they check, you know, they put the... Thermometer in your ear for a second, and they can tell you're... Oh, like uh, a baby thermometer. Yeah, kind of like that, <laughs> right. And uh, I think they're just using so many of the disposable clips that they use that they just went to the um, the forehead wipe, and I don't think it's as certain as the other ones, but I don't fucking know. I mean, okay. they probably are. Anyway, let's... Uh, what, what did we watch? I forgot, let's like, half of the shit. Some movies, yeah. So I thought first, let's just get this out of the way. Not because it was terrible, but because it was pretty messy. Bad Times at the El Royale. Yes. We finished. Uh, Andrew Goddard movie. Or Drew yeah, Goddard. Drew whatever Goddard. the fuck he goes by. Same guy who did Cabin in the Woods, which is far superior. Not that this movie is bad, mm-hmm. again. It's messy, yes. It's messy. There are some pretty cool parts in it. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's about this hotel that's on the uh the line like on the border of california and nevada like right on the border so the hotel is split up and a bunch of people stay there for the night from all different walks of life right but they're all there for uh, a different reason a lot of the reasons are because uh of the hotel and it almost <clears throat> starts out like it's gonna be uh you know, like four different stories with the wraparound, but it's not, which I actually kind of liked. Mm-hmm. They make you feel like John Hamm is going to be the main character wraparound guy, and then, spoilers, this movie's been around he gets shot dead with a shotgun within, what, 20 minutes? Uh, it was more like, it was it was about 40 minutes into the 40 movie, minutes I want to say, but it was pretty movie. soon. Yeah, which was shocking and fun, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed that part. Yeah, he had a lot of lines in the beginning. Yeah. You would think he's, yeah, like pretty much the main character of the movie, but he, he is, is not. not, yeah. Where I think it gets messy is it, it appears as though Jeff Bridges is going to be your villain, but that's a red herring, and then he's not, and then it was like the movie was like, oh my, okay, we need a villain. And I was like, we need something, yes. And then Chris Hemsworth shows up, and he right. does not want to be Thor anymore. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he is very evil. So, so yeah, I, I mean, any more thoughts? Um, mm. It's free. Check it out. Why not? Is it is it on Prime or is it on HBO? I think HBO. Okay. Yeah. So, if you have HBO, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. It's kind of long. 
don't expect too much, but yeah. it's it's not horrible. And there goes the radiator. Yeah. Uh, it's mm -hmm. getting cold again in here. Good. I hope it stays cold for a while to keep these fucking idiots inside. Please stay inside. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the next movie that I would like to talk about is uh, The Fear Footage 2. Ah, came yes. Came out to rent on Amazon. I actually just rented it again today and watched through it, like fast forwarded a little bit, but I wanted to watch some parts again. Because I couldn't really decide how I felt about it as a sequel, I guess, and mm -hmm. as a horror movie. So what were your thoughts on it? I I did like how they went into a different direction with the movie. It's not uh, an anthology this time around. It centers on pretty much just two different guys who appeared in the movie, and they don't know why they appeared in the movie because they never appeared in the movie. So there's this the, the whole mystery around this film is that these two guys who appeared in the the original are trying to figure out why that. They're in this movie because they never did these movies. Right, showing them getting killed in the on yes. this VHS tape. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I feel like the the first part of it is kind of slow, I, and that's kind of why I watched it again because I think I maybe stopped focusing <laughs> just in the first part. I've also been really busy at work, so I'm sorry. Um, I rented it again so I could watch it again. I and I think the second part makes that all worth it. It does get a lot more yes. fun. It picks up a lot. It does. There it are does. some cute little winks to the other movie. Some of the jump scares, I think, are a little corny, but then some of them are very effective. Yeah, some are effective. Yeah. Some are just kind of loud noises. But yeah, yeah. I thought maybe the monsters were a little corny. However, there are parts where there's this one main guy who's filming everything, and then there's the other guy. Um, and the other guy starts to do weird things, and you hear his voice in the background. He says things like, we can't leave. And the first guy's like, what did you say? Like, what are you talking about? Um, those parts were a lot creepier and scarier, I think, than the monsters. But, yes. But again, I, I thought this, as a low-budget horror movie, I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad. It was on par with the original. Mm -hmm. Not the same kind of movie, uh, meaning it was... It's not an anthology, it's just a straight-up story this time around. Yeah. So, yeah, they didn't try and do the same thing again, which I, I can applaud that because you're trying something different. And Agreed. you're kind of moving on from there. You tried something new, and it was cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of uh, these big-budget movies can learn a little bit from this movie, too. I mean, because you don't... I think, you know, one of the movies we are going to talk about coming up um, soon is that you don't need a big budget to scare people. Yeah, and this I just agree. reaffirms that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so the next movie that I want to talk about is Frozen. Uh, I gotta look up what year this came out. It's with Iceman Sean Ashmore. It came out forever ago. Yeah, two thousand eight or something. Finally like that? watched it. Yeah. It was a while back, and it's something I've been putting off for a while now. Uh, we watched Hatchet not too long ago too, and. We were like, hey, you know what, let's check out Adam Green's first movie, I yeah. believe it is. And it's like, let's finally check out Frozen. 2010. 2010. Yeah. And it was, uh, and I kept hearing from other people, oh, you gotta check it out, it's pretty good, you know. And yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I, pretty I good. did enjoy it. There were a lot of suspense. Um, Nail-biting. Wolves. Yeah, the wolves got a little, I mean, it just gets so dark two characters get eaten by wolves. <laughs> and I just started laughing at both of those parts. Because, I don't know, when movies get that dark, my body responds differently. Like, no, let's release some endorphins just so we can get through this. I don't know. <laughs> These make-believe people can get through this. It's yeah. yeah. And then I made a lot of jokes about Iceman getting eaten by wolves <laughs> after that. See, I thought Iceman would have been perfect in the movie Frozen. He, he would have, it's missed opportunity. I know. Yeah. Or, uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of the cartoon Frozen. Should have oh. been in that too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, also perfect yeah, that yeah. he was in a movie. <laughs> it's funny, I'm playing a video game called Man of Medan that he's also in, and I accidentally got him killed in like the first 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> so I had to watch Sean Ashmore die in video game form and... In the past week, yeah. Jeez, yeah. that's... I went um... back and played again and I saved him. He makes it all the way through the game. Fuck, let's just go let's watch a few uh, Sean Bean movies and we can just, you know... See, you see. mean Michael Bean? No, Sean, oh, Sean Bean. Bean. He dies in everything. Both of so, them yeah. die in Mike. everything, yeah. Oh yeah, I read today too that Michael Bean's going to be in the Mandalorian Season 2. Hooray, Good yeah. Good for him. So, check out Frozen? Yeah, absolutely, check out Frozen. 
I believe we watched it on Tubi, I want to say. Yeah. And I, did we talk about the premise at all? It's about these three kids who go yeah. skiing. Um, they bribe their way up onto the ski lift, and then they get stuck there all night. For a few nights, yeah. For a few nights, yeah. It's very cold, and one jackass says, I can jump off, and he jumps off and breaks his legs. Yeah, and that's... <clears throat> I complained about it because if you're going to jump off, you need to climb down and hang from the ski lift <laughs> and fall onto the powdery snow on your back. You might knock yourself unconscious for a couple of minutes, but you're not going to have a compound fracture in your leg. I think that's one of the cool parts about this movie is that while you're watching it, you're thinking of ways that you would get out of it. Yeah. Like, yours sounds okay. Like, you, there's possible death involved in that. I mean, if you don't wake up before the wolves get you. Right. <laughs> yes. And just maybe the fall, too. If you fall on your back, who knows? You might cripple yourself. Maybe. My thing was is that they would all take off their jackets or coats, yeah. tie them in a long knot, and then someone can climb down off the chair. And then when that person is done climbing down, they could pull the jackets back up, put them back on, and throw that asshole, the one down there, and then yeah. you can go get help. Yeah. That was that was also a good plan. Yeah, I think. that's that's yeah. Better than just leaping to your death. Yeah, like an idiot. Right. <laughs> so check out Frozen. Night. Yeah, Frozen. Yeah. Uh, next up, so we watched some new movies. Let's get into those now. There are movies that came out on VOD because we can't yes. go see them in theaters now, and I'm so glad they did because a couple of them had been out for a while and we just haven't been to the movies. Which this works out perfectly yeah. now. I'm so happy we didn't go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> we get to watch them all on fucking right. our TV home and pause them. We take a shit or whatever or grab something to eat and not miss anything. It's it's great. I love it. The rental was like 20 bucks, but I just kept thinking if we went to the theaters, we would have paid 30 bucks plus food, food. plus gas. And then I would have left pissed off because someone was talking. Right. This we saw in the privacy of our own homes. Uh-huh. And I don't feel yeah. bad telling you to shut up, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like you had to. <laughs> the first one was The Hunt. Yes, The Hunt. Big, uh, there was a big controversy with this movie. Yes. People didn't see it and they started to freak out about it. Yeah, and reading the premise, I definitely squirmed a little like, okay, why? I feel like this isn't a great idea either. So explain the premise. Um, a bunch of conservative-minded people are rounded up by a bunch of liberal people, mm-hmm. and they are uh, uh, taken to this place called Manor Gate, I guess. And it's just kind of—it seems like it's a big forest preserve around like this manor. Yeah. And. These conservative-minded people are are being hunted by these liberal liberal elites. Right. We should clarify that the conservative-minded people are poor, and mm-hmm. yeah, the the liberal people are rich, like your average celebrity, mm-hmm. especially that you're seeing on Instagram now singing "Imagine" to you. These yeah, guys. they're great CEOs, right? Uh, actors, movies, whatever, are just just rich people. Yeah. Yes. Who do a lot of like yelling about being liberal, but don't actually help them. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is definitely a satire and a really funny one. This movie was fucking hilarious. Yeah, we cackled all the way through it. This this is a great movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Betty Gilpin, you I mean I, you fucking talk about her all the goddamn I time. I love her. I know Since you've been Nurse going and you go on about it all the time. Yeah. So finally, you know, I am on the boat too. She was really, really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. She, she's the, she was the best character. It's just great. It was someone you didn't know exactly where she stood on things, but you were behind her the whole time. Absolutely. You know, she could have believed in, in Satan worshiping and whatever, and you should still would have had her back through this movie. Right, definitely. Uh, <laughs> what you don't want to do, and maybe how conservative you know, poverty-stricken people are feeling is like they're being literally attacked by these liberal elites. Yes, yes. So this was just an embodiment of that in horror movie form, which is awesome. Yeah. I love to laugh at myself, and I would was able to do that with this movie because there's just so many silly things that, that, that happen, and a lot of people don't back that up with shit, too. So it's it's funny to see someone up there being like so liberal about something and just being just out of the loop still. 
And vice versa, too, with the conservative people who are yeah. in this movie, too. It, everyone's getting shot in this movie. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not pulling punches on, on the left or the right. But it's, it's, it's funny to see both people get it. I agreed, and I feel like conservatives are going to see the trailer, get mad, and not see this movie, and it's just a shame. Yeah, see it is. It, conservatives, you're going to love it. You're going to laugh. You're, you're, <laughs> this movie's for everyone. You're yeah. going to laugh at this. It's, it, it, just don't, just, just see it. Don't, yeah. don't listen to, to all these knuckleheads saying, who haven't even seen this movie. Right. Most of the people who had problems with it didn't see this movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie's got pretty good reviews, if you get it. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, you're, if you understand that this is a satire, exactly, you'll be fine. That's reflective of our real life. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it's probably <laughs> the definition of satire. Never mind. But yeah, this movie's awesome. Yeah. Check it out. Um, okay, next up. I have a lot of conflicting feelings about this. I feel like I'm going to go on about it for a really long time. You go for it. I have some water right here. Okay. So next up. We finally watched the re-remake of Black Christmas. It's a PG-13 horror movie, so already I was kind of put off. And I'm not saying that you can't have a a good PG-13 horror movie, but when I think of PG-13 horror movies that are good, they're supernatural or aliens. They're not slasher movies. Right, yes. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really, really good point you have there. Slasher movies need gore. I'm sorry they do. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion, but I'm right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and not only is it a PG-13 slasher movie, it's written um, and, and uh, directed by a woman. Um, and it, it really centers around the Me Too movement, which is an interesting thing to do in a horror movie. And I feel like I I didn't dislike that. No matter how outrageous it got, and it does get outrageous, mm-hmm. it will punch you unconscious with that message. And, and I think there's a good way to subtly add Me Too, which is the movie that we're going to talk about after this one, mm-hmm. um, that Black Christmas, just there's no subtlety to it at all. Mm-hmm. It's everybody saying it out loud. And I think... The only scene that I really started to enjoy the characters is when two girls start screaming at each other about what, you know, one girl's a a very much feminist and one girl thinks you should just leave it alone. And they're having this argument about it and then all hell breaks loose Mm -hmm. and they start getting murdered. That's when I started to really get into the movie. I didn't hate it. We watched a review (laughs) of a guy absolutely hated it. And... I just want to say this about it was Chris Stuckman, who I very much enjoy. I know that you do too. Mm-hmm. He his review was much longer than his regular reviews because he kept vehemently defending himself to no one about why he hated this movie because of the Me Too aspects of it, mm-hmm. and that no, you know, explaining to no one who were telling him, well, this movie's not for you, this movie's not for you, and screaming, well, well, every movie should be relatable to everybody. Okay, well, I think you just described how women and black people feel right now. So I think that we're agreeing, and you're a white man sitting here going, but I should be included. Well, exactly. Uh, I just wanted to mention that. I needed to get that off my chest. Okay. So, I didn't hate this movie. It's going to knock you unconscious with its message. It needed to be rated R. And as a woman who loves horror movies, I felt like this was a horror movie designed to draw in women who don't love horror movies mm-hmm. and I felt excluded <laughs> at the risk of you know disproving my own point. <laughs> so uh, your thoughts. My thoughts is that they put the message in front of the movie itself and I think it yeah. suffers from that very much. It does. The editing of this movie is pretty horrible. Because I'm sure there was gore and they just cut yes. it all out and it makes it kind of confusing in places. Uh-huh. Very little suspense. Yeah. I don't care for any of these girls. I kind of care. So the main character was raped by a guy, a fraternity brother. Her. I I, yeah. I, I back her. Everyone else. Coots. Yes. Yeah. Who's 30 years old and playing a college yeah, student. Yeah, playing college Good, student. Yeah, there we go. Um, I do feel for her. I feel for her uh, black sorority sister because she's on a rampage about changing the curriculum in their uh, American literature class to include... 
her history. And mm-hmm. so I feel a little bit for her. Because I, that's all marginalized people are asking for, mm-hmm. is to be included, have their history included, to be represented. So those two, yeah. The others, I kept forgetting which one was which, honestly. The guys, um, too, they all looked alike to me. Yeah, everyone looked alike in this movie, yeah. for the most part. Everyone, I, I didn't like anyone at all. Yeah. Except Imogen Poots was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone else was just, I, I couldn't get behind anyone. I really couldn't. Even if they, if even if their message was good, and that's and that's not a good sign of your movie. If yeah. You can't get anyone to back any of your characters. Yeah, and I think just that with the complete lack of faith in your audience mm-hmm. to understand what you're trying to say, so you just have to describe it over and over again, got irritating. Yes. So nice try. It was it was a try. Yes, yeah. I'll give them that. Um, I think one of the biggest guffaws. Of this is they yeah. slapped the name of Black Christmas on yeah, there. Yeah, another the mistake. Fuck? This could have been its own movie. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to rope in people who remember, oh, Black Christmas from the 70s or the or the, or the 2000s. Right. Which I think is superior. And Agreed. you did too. We did it. Two um, slasher movies and mm-hmm. then they come out with this movie, which is a more of a cult movie. Yes, so that it gets real weird at the end. Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to ruin it for you. Go ahead. Because you'll either watch this movie because you're interested or you're going to watch it because it sucks. You'll hate watching it. You're going to hate it. So the women who are going to this college figure out that um, there's this black venomy goo in this bust that's uh, a representative of the school. Right, who um, owned slaves, so the black slaves. girl got, got them to take it down, yeah. Yes, she uh, petitioned to get this bust uh, taken off of school grounds or away from the public. Um, and so they transport that to the, uh, one of the, uh, the sororities. Fraternity. The fraternity, I'm yeah. sorry, yes. Uh, one, of, one of the fraternities, and they saw that this bust had that venomy goo in it, and it they uh, kind of do a seance where they get all these different pledges to become part of this new goo. <laughs> Superhuman monsters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so now they're they're voiceless, mindless killers now, and then they're going around and taking care or killing problem women. Right. Or that or women that they see as problems or or having too much of a voice or Exactly. Yes. Um I'm sorry, no, no, <laughs> and no, I just please. wanted to build on that. Carrie Elwes plays the professor that whose curriculum is full of white males, um, and it turns out that he is the head of this fraternity, and he explains to you painstakingly, <laughs> like a Bond villain, exactly what all of this is, and that's just another example of how this movie does not trust that you're going to understand it at all. Right. Like you're just a slack-jawed, drooly yokel. sorry so yeah i didn't like this movie it had potential it did it really did but it i didn't hate it it Mm -hmm. surprised me for what it was Mm -hmm. but it's not a good horror movie and it's not a good movie because of the lack of faith in their audience yes but as for like what Chris Stuckman and all these other men are saying about how they didn't, all the men, it, it, it was like a hashtag not all men. <laughs> and like, fine, no, exactly, that's not what they're saying. That's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But our voices get to be heard just like yours. You, you're free to have an opinion about this yeah. movie. Go for it. Yeah, and that's what I think he was trying to clarify is yeah. that my opinion counts too, even though this movie may not be for me. Right. And I kind of think that for me, too. Um, but I do think this movie is made for me, so I get to talk about it, even even yeah, so. I agree, and I think it was made for him, too. And I, it made me sad that he so had to defend his stance on that. Well, I think it's pretty tricky now. Yeah. Because people are really quick to jump on the bandwagon and to jump on someone. You know, cancel culture is the thing now. Agreed. To where you say one thing... Ten years ago, it's going to come back to haunt you, and you're going to either feel some slight consequences, or people are just going to cancel you. I agree. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. People make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say shit they don't mean. It happens. But just to pile on someone and bandwagon off that, 
doesn't help anything. Right. I absolutely agree. So I think he just has to be careful. Well, well I think white men are, are becoming more sensitive, even mm-hmm. though part of it, too, is defensive. Yes. To where I, I believe he was defensive, too. Yeah. But I, I think there's also a mindset that the, these guys have to be just so they aren't canceled just for any little thing. Right. And, and I also think that that's a good example of how women and black people and minorities have felt their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So welcome to that feeling, right. white men. <laughs> right. And well, I guess instead of trashing people, maybe you should, I'm not saying commend, but say point out. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. We agree. Uh, this yes. movie is not good. <laughs> but I I didn't hate it. Did you hate it? I didn't hate it. I just thought yeah. it was very horrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was bad. very bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wanted to talk about that movie before we talked about our next movie, which is an excellent feminist horror yes. movie, I think. <laughs> yes. Way to do it. The Invisible Man. Which... Just came out, video on demand, 20 bucks. Didn't You didn't mind spending that money at all, did you? Not at all. And I was a little concerned. I don't think Lee Winnell always knocks it out of the park. I think Mm-mm. sometimes he just phones it in. Sometimes he leaves it at home. Yeah. This time he brought it with him. Death Sentence you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, wait. Did I think James Wan did Death Sentence. Oh, he I thought Lee Winnell did it. He might have done it, too. Okay, know, then I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> it was for pretty good. Not believing in you. Yeah. Uh, like Insidious Three was fine. Upgrade you love. Upgrade was really yeah. good. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, Lee Winnell. I'll just shut my mouth. <laughs> you brought it to this. You brought it, man. Yeah. Now it, there are certain parts where I feel like Elizabeth Moss. All right, let me back up. Explain the premise of this movie. Okay, I, Elizabeth <clears throat> Moss runs away from her abusive tech mogul husband Mm -hmm. in a really tense opening scene yes no dialogue you don't know what's going on she just escapes from this house he's had her locked down it's not like she's in a dungeon or anything and i think that works too because it's a lot of this is psychological Mm -hmm. and abuse doesn't necessarily always have to be physical there's a lot of psychological and mental abuse too exactly so you see her in this big house i mean she's free to roam around the house which we can see, and that we just see her slowly, slowly hatch this plan to get out of this huge mansion-y place and escape. And she does. Um, her sister picks her up, and they finally take off because he comes running after her. And, and breaks the side window. Yeah, and then yeah. They, they drive off, and uh, what was it, like two weeks later, I believe, yeah. is where the story picks up, and we learn that he is dead. But she has clearly developed a case of agoraphobia. She can barely get to the mailbox yes. from her safe house. Because she's yeah. afraid because she knows eventually he'll find her and there is some bad shit there. Mm-hmm. So uh, she stays with one of her sister's friends and uh, this man has a daughter also and they help her out. Mm-hmm. Um, she learns that after two weeks he dies or he's murdered. He's committed suicide. Or he committed suicide. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's right. And she learns that she's um, been given down uh, through the will $5 million, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, doled out $100,000 a week. $100,000 a week? $100,000 a month. Or whatever. It was $100,000 a week. Maybe a month. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, lots of money. Yeah, it's a ton of cash. Which she's not even interested in. Mm -hmm. She sets up a fund for James's daughter Mm -hmm. to get $10,000 a month for her college. Right. Yeah. But then she's starting to get haunted by something that she cannot see, and she is certain it is her dead husband. Mm-hmm. She first talks a lot about what verbal and physical abuse, you know, what verbal abuse starts out as before it becomes physical abuse. Um, how controlling he was, um, controlling what she ate, what she wore, when she left the house, where she got to go, whether she had a job or not, and then it became physical. And she explains this all, and so what I was going to say earlier when I said let me back up, was that at this point, I felt like I was, you're explaining to, I get it. I don't need you to explain all this to me. I understand what verbal and physical abuse is. But with Black Christmas, it punches you in the face over and over and mm-hmm. over again. The Invisible Man is actually 
really subtle compared yes. to Black Christmas. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, she has maybe three sentences of explaining verbal and physical abuse. And so I, I'm walking those statements back a lot. <laughs> it was way, way more subtle than that. Um, so sorry, I, I, I got off track. I really, really, really liked this movie a lot. And it was I good. I walked in with no expectations at all. Obviously, no one believes her. She's certain that he's not dead. Everybody thinks she's crazy. He does things like, I mean, he just stalks her. Um, there are really creepy moments where even you're not sure if she's losing her mind, and then it becomes right. very clear that she is not losing her mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sends an email to her sister that's just horrible, and her sister believes everything yeah. that was in the email that that Elizabeth Moss wrote it. All right, enough, enough, enough. We're giving away okay, too okay, much. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I forgot it's new. <laughs> but obviously, she's not making it up. It's right. called The Invisible Man. Yes. So yeah, uh, good movie. I recommend it. It. I had high expectations for it, and it, they met them. Yeah, mine were exceeded. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Have we watched anything else, or is that it? Yeah, well, we're getting to our movie of the week, but it was it's kind of two movies. It's a twofer? So. Okay, we'll do a twofer, sort of. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about our next movies after, after the break. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2010 or mm-hmm. 2010 remake of The Crazies. It felt apropos. Yes, at it this does. Time. It does. Uh, directed by Breck Eisner. Oh man, what a time to do this movie, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> over and over, I think in my head, every time I cough or sneeze outside, I think of throwing my hands up in the air and going, "It's okay, I'm not sick." <laughs> I, I keep thinking of that line. I know. Hey, you've been saying it for like the past over over. two weeks now. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, what do I want my movie to be? That's in the movie. Yeah. Those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, this is, like I said, a remake. We actually watched the original before we watched the remake. This is actually Jocelyn's pick, too. Mm-hmm. I had seen the original Crazies probably in the year 2000. So 20 years ago was the last time I saw this movie. I bought it on VHS in a big box, too. And stupid me, back in like 2008, 2007, 2008, I got rid of like 100 VHS tapes. Is that one worth that a lot? One, no, I don't know if it's worth a lot, but it was a cool box. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm moving up to DVD. And then all of a sudden, you know, VHS tapes are, are somewhat, like horror VHS tapes are, are uh, a little more valuable now. Because of the box art. Boxes, pretty much, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And that was one of them, so... Fuck. But when I first saw it, <clears throat> I I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it was cool. Uh, I saw I'm I was a huge fan of George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite movies. Day, yada yada yada. And this one I believe it came out before Dawn of the Dead. I believe it the uh, seventy four. This one came out seventy three. Seventy three. And it's a it's different from the remake, which is good. They made yep. the remake a bit different, but it deals with the same thing. A plane crashes and unleashes a virus upon a town. It's a bioweapon. Bioweapon. Trixie. Trixie that yeah. is uh, either... We're not necessarily... We don't necessarily know if it, if it was on purpose or this was an accident that this plane went down and crashed into the water system. But the military responds and shit breaks loose. All, sh- all hell breaks loose between the, uh, the authorities... Uh, the army and the civilians who are infected and who aren't infected too, because mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on and they're scared, so they're fighting back. This stars the remake we're talking about. Stars Timothy Oliphant as mm-hmm. the sheriff of this tiny town, and Joe Anderson, one of my personal favorites, and nobody knows who he is, and it's a damn shame. I yeah, love him so he's in, much. He's in a lot of stuff. Plays the deputy. 
of the town. He's the one who does the line that I've been saying over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, and Rada Mitchell, who plays uh, Timothy Oliphant's pregnant wife and also the doctor of this tiny town. Don't forget Daniel Panabaker. Daniel Panabaker, who I was surprised to see. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I don't think I knew her name when I yeah. saw this. You know what's funny about her is that I she's been in so many movies where she dies when she doesn't deserve to die. Yeah, it's it too happens. Bad. <laughs> Friday girl. the thirteenth, you're really like, all right, she wins. Yeah, she's living like no. no. Yeah. <laughs> so spoilers, she's not gonna make it through this movie. No. She's gonna make it most of the way through this movie. Yeah, she makes it pretty far. Yeah. The, the, so, the big difference between this movie and the original is that the original, you get oh, maybe about 50 to 60% of that movie you get to see from the army's point of view, and the other yeah. 40%, 40% you see from the civilian point of view. But from this one, it's 100% from the civilian point of view. Yeah, which... which which I like, yeah, which is good. Sorry, no, yeah. that's fine. Same, same, thing, same thing. I like it more. I like that the audience is sort of kept in the dark here. Yes. But that's what's, what's what you can do, and that's what can make a a, a remake good, or mm-hmm. great even, is that you change up the story enough or change the viewpoint in some way, make some little changes somewhere, and then you're just not necessarily piggybacking off of a classic or just another movie that people liked. Right. This... Stands on its own. As yes, its own it does. And it you couldn't don't... exist without the first one, sure. Right, but you don't need to watch the first one. Mm-hmm. I actually like this one more than the first one. It's it's more well done than the other one. Me too. So, and I have something that I discovered about George Romero, but why, you explain why you think it's better, or kind of what you said about George Romero. Well, I don't think he's a great, great director. A visionary um... <laughs> genius. Yes. Yes, but, yeah. I, I love a lot of his movies, but I don't think he's all that great. At, at the minutiae, because I built on that when you said that and said, yeah, it felt like The Crazies, the original one, wasn't blocked at all. Mm-hmm. Like None of the actors had any idea where to go or what to do. It was much lower budget, too. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I had probably made for under a million dollars, I'm thinking. Which, I mean, it's not horrible. It's not a no. bad movie at all. It's, yeah. it's a good watch, and I like... I do like how they change it up in the remake, but in the original, you do get to hear these conversations that the army and the doctors are having about what they're going to do about things. And in the remake, yeah, you're just left in the dark with, with the rest of the civilians. So you're, you're, you're on this journey in the remake, and in the original, you're, you're a spectator. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick or choose which one you like more, but probably check both of them out, because they're not bad. Definitely check both of them I liked... The story unfolding for the audience at the same time it was unfolding for the main characters. Mm-hmm. And the, I want, I want to say invasion, but the response that the military gives is quick in this movie. They're yeah. there, and then they're just taking taking control and taking over everything. Mm-hmm. Which I can, I, I like that, and I guess I can't just, I can't express how much I like how they just went in a different direction with this movie. But still on the same road, but a different direction. Yeah, definitely. Whereas in the original, they had scientists working on a vaccine or mm-hmm. a cure. They, this time, the federal government and the remake was just exterminating everyone. Yes, false pretenses yeah. and everything. They were just killing everyone. And we get to figure that out later in the movie, too. Yeah. That, uh, the people who took off or the sheriff and everything, they made the right decision. Because... <laughs> They were just going to murder everyone and then blow the place to bits anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing that I like about... I guess we're not going to walk through it. I no, no. We need I, to. You, it's you about don't. an illness that makes you crazy. Yeah. That's why it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like zombies, but you're still a human. You're just losing your mind and becoming mm-hmm. very violent. And what I like that both movies do, I just think the remake does it better, maybe because I'm, I love the actor and I think mm. he's a better actor than the guy who plays him in the original um, Jim Anderson, he says at the very beginning when he realizes people are being infected, he gets kind of paranoid that he was really close to that water source and he's mm-hmm. probably sick. And Timothy Oliphant's character brushes it off. Um, and it's interesting to watch Joe Anderson's character sort of, because they're, unlike zombies, you can't see him physically getting sick at all mm-hmm. at first. He just sort of does some violent things that Timothy Oliphant is surprised by, but at the same time, he saved Timothy Oliphant's life right. by doing those things. Yes. So it's very, very subtle until 
he starts getting really aggressive towards Timothy Elephant himself. Yes. Which I think is very interesting. I really, really liked the way they do that. You kind of get to see that human devolve into insanity. Yes. I kind of like the original a little more with that aspect because okay. they give you either the person is going to be crazy and violent or they're just going to be out in their own little world. Right. And that you're absolutely right. That's what the original does. You're mm-hmm. not quite sure if this guy's just always been nuts or if he's really losing his mind. Yeah. Because in the original, some of the people change and are goofy and others are violent. And by the end of the, uh, the original, the our main protagonist's girlfriend ends up like one of the stoned ones. You know, just not violent, just kind of in their own world. Yeah. And she almost gets him caught up uh, one of yeah. the times. And he has mm-hmm. to fucking murder a guy. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> and because she was laughing and everything, so... Um, <laughs> So I like that, and both movies kind of feel, uh, make you feel helpless at the end, because yeah. the first, uh, the original, the protagonist is eventually caught, his wife is killed, and he's just kind of sent back to ground zero, where everything is, probably going to get killed by a bomb they drop at some point, we don't really know, and the remake, our protagonists make it out, but we learn that there, there are cases going on in a neighboring city of over 200 some thousand people cedar rapids iowa right yeah. and that it's sooner or later it's going to be the whole place is going to be infected too mm-hmm. and yeah so it doesn't matter that they think they're escaping but we find out very quickly that they are not no they are not escaping at all they're yeah. just heading right back into the bullshit mm-hmm. um so, yeah, both homeless. <laughs> As George Romero is wont to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he predicted the COVID-19 virus. Yeah. Thanks a lot. But most of the crazies <laughs> are the people who don't have it or just buying all the fucking That's toilet paper. That's true. You're absolutely right. Those were the people that made me think of the movies The Crazies. Yes. Not people who are sick. I mean, people I saw, who are like, I need all the toilet paper. I saw a dude yesterday at Walgreens. He had, like... 16 rolls of toilet paper and a six or a Stella. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you drink all those at once, they are going to make you poop. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I went to Mariano's today. I haven't been in a while. I try to stay away from the grocery store and stay inside. I do. There was a police officer in the toilet paper aisle. <laughs> limiting the amount of toilet paper that you picked up. I'm not even kidding. Wow. This is real life. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, the crazies. The crazies. Um <laughs> So what so you like the remake better, so I do, why. right? I do. It's just it's a it's better made. Yeah. They're uh, the editing, the lighting and everything is just they had a bigger budget. The actors have some direction clearly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Acting is better. Acting is better. Timothy Oliphant, I mean come on, I'm a woman, flesh and blood, I'm not dead. Uh, letter grade? Favorite part? I was... My letter grade is, is going to be a B. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Um, maybe just missing one thing in there, and I don't know what it is to making it a higher, a higher grade. Okay. What did <coughs> it do? Did it do pretty well? It did okay, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it made its money back. With As with most remakes, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, favorite part... Oh, fuck. I don't even know. I think maybe just just uh, the interactions. I, I, you know what I think is the most, that I like now, is the parts where the military has all the people, they're lining them up, they're separating some people, putting others together, and it it's kind of seems like they have their shit together. And yeah. they do have their shit together, it's just not... It's under false pretenses, that's all. That's a scary thing to do to people who don't know what's going on. Exactly, and that's what people are most afraid of, is just they don't know what the fuck is going Mm -hmm. on. And that scares most people. Um, So, just fucking tell people, damn it. So I give it an A-, and you would think that my favorite part would be when Joe Anderson (laughs) sacrifices himself. So when he says, it's okay, I'm not sick... He, he's distracting the military, mm-hmm. and he's running up to them, he drops his gun, he puts his hands up, and he goes, it's okay, I'm not sick, and it's to distract them, because he knows he's sick, he's already dead, mm-hmm. and he's trying to let Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. and Rada Mitchell get away. You would think that would be my favorite part, yeah, I know. I keep quoting it, but it's not. My favorite part is when Rada Mitchell and Timothy Oliphant go back to their house, 
um, to get uh, some clothes and stuff. And it turns out at the very beginning of the movie, David, I'm just, I should call him by his character's name, the sheriff, David, Tim the Elephant, has to shoot the quote-unquote town drunk at a baseball game because uh, yes. he's the first crazy and he raises his shotgun at him, so David has no choice but to shoot him. So this scene in the nursery where uh, Judy, Rada Mitchell, is standing, she doesn't check her corners, and the wife of that man is standing in the corner, and they tie him up and hold him hostage, the wife and son of that man. And I feel like it's a really tense scene. It's a really hopeless scene. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's very well acted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ends with Joe Anderson shooting them both dead through the window. And then shooting them both again when he comes inside and yeah, sure they're dead. And that's double when, tap. Yeah, that's when David's like, holy shit. Dude, they're dead. Yeah. Russell might be sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a pretty cool part, too, going back on it, where she is going to shoot Rada Mitchell in the face. And then he's like, I'm glad I shot your husband. Yes, and that's like, what I love about it. I got it, rid yeah. of the town drunk and everything. And to distract her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how dead-eyed the wife is. Not Ron <laughs> Mitchell, the wife of the man who got killed in the beginning. She just goes, this is the gun that killed your father. Yeah. she gets the gun away from him. Right. It's just chilling. And he ends up... He, he Actually, you know what? He, uh, the sheriff, ends up killing the wife. Because he has the knife stuck in his hand and he just... Yes. Takes the blade and stabs her in the neck and You're she right. dies. And then uh, uh, Joe Anderson blows her son away through the through window. The window. Yeah. Then yeah. he comes in and double taps. And him double taps them both. <laughs> to me, like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Oh, right, cool. I give it, I think I said A minus. Yeah. Maybe an A. I don't know. I really like it. And yeah, it's a good movie. Watching it again like 10 years later, I enjoyed it just as much. Yeah, we saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was. It was good. Back when we can go to theaters, remember that? Yeah, I remember theaters. Yeah, fuck theaters. I feel like this might kill theaters. <laughs> I hope it kills theaters. I really do. <laughs> I feel bad for people working at them. Um, good luck to you, man. That's This sucks that you're, yes, you're, not I getting, agree. you're probably not getting paid for this. And I feel bad for you. That is scary. Um, but the theater experience just gets worse and worse. It does. It really does. And I'd rather watch this shit at home. I can mm-hmm. poop and smoke and take a time out and we've got a nice theater set up yeah big tv double recliners i'm all about it man all about it i'll throw in 20 fuck yeah (laughs) we just can't movie hop anymore that's all yeah that's true we gotta pay for both of them now but we were starting to have to do that anyway with assigned seating yeah fuckers (laughs) (laughs) well i think that about does it for us this week uh we will see you next week if we don't um, I, no, I wasn't going to say anything bad. Okay, good. If we're not dead or not. What do you think? Is that what you think I was going to say? I was just a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be okay. If we're, we we have enough to watch, we will be back. And give us a listen. You have nothing better to do. Yeah. If, if you hate us, leave some mean comments. <laughs> It'll take up your time. It'll take up part of my time, too. <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
Thank you. 